Italian food. What makes it so good? Welcome back to the What the Blank podcast for the official episode two. Today we are joined by two lovely guests, Mr. Massimo. How you going? And Jamie. Oh, from Party Chance. These are boys. So what are we talking about today, Vinny? We're going to be talking about what makes Italian food so good. Mm. So before we get dive into the topic and dive deep, let's introduce our guests. So guys, you know, introduce yourselves, let our fans know who you are. So on, you know? Nice to you, Matt. Uh, so my name's Massimo. Um, what car do you drive, Matt? BMW. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm a passionate Italian. I love educating people about the Italian culture who are less privileged than us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I enjoy spreading the Italian culture and educating people and spreading spreading the love with others around the world. Now, isn't it true you've been on Radio Italia? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. And how many granddaughters did you get caught? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Any grandsons? Oh, no, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was one day. And Jamie, what about yourself? That's a tough kid to follow. I'm Jamie. I'm 17. <laughs> 17? He's only 17? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the phones are lighting up right now. Um, <laughs> Jamie, would a phone call right in? It's your mother. Where have you been? Are you hanging with girls? Can <laughs> <laughs> come home for lunch? No, I, just like Mas, I love promoting Italy, everything that Italians do, uh, all the traditions and stuff like that. And yeah, excited to be here. Thank you guys. Excellent to hear you guys. We're really excited to have you, aren't we, Vinny? We've been talking about having these boys for a long time. They're quite famous in the... We're going to have them on Italian before we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had our coffee before we started recording right. and now we're ready to go. Alright. An opening question. I just want you guys to think about it. You guys listening, please think about it. What makes Italian meals so good? Just an open question, and we're going to answer this at the end, but we just want you to keep that in your heads. So we're going to start off from the very beginning. What is a meal? So, to you, Vinny, what's a meal? What's a meal? Yeah. <laughs> a meal is what I eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, if we look at what the definition, back to basics, what a meal is, it's any of the regular occasions in a day when a reasonably large amount of food is eaten. Right? My whole day. Exactly. <laughs> but me, being me, and being Italian, a meal is more personal. You know, I remember reading National Geographic's article about how eating is about survival, right? And if I need to eat to survive, then I reckon I've won five lifetimes <laughs> since then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember reading it, though. Like, it talks about all different foods around the world. And it says food and meals, you know, other than survival, it's really about bringing people together yeah, and gathering exactly. communities. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And do, what are you about you boys? What definition of a meal do you share well, personally? I think for most people, a meal is just a chore and a source of nourishment. But what do you mean a chore? What do you mean a chore? Oh, like, yeah. you know, well, some, people, make some people get annoyed like they have to prepare all this food. But I feel like for Italians, it's a little bit different. I feel like it's just in our culture because for Italians, this isn't the case. A meal is just a way of expressing yourself, expressing your love. And it's a way of how we say, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. But cooking is such a special process. I feel like, especially in the Italian culture, because it's a way for our families to bond. And I know that in my family, for example, my nonna and nonna have a book that they've got with all their recipes. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They, they, yeah. But they uh, hand it down. So my nonna and nonna have given it to my mum and she's added her recipes. And one day the book will go to me or my sister. And it's just like really special to have yeah. that connection with your past but also with the culture I feel like so going back to how meals is also a way of communicating so if I go over to your house and you give me a burnt pasta bake 
What are you trying to say? What about you, Jamie? What's your well, yeah, story? It's a celebration of life. Different to Mas, like my nonna never writes anything down. Mm. So Mills is like her way of communicating to the family. And I guess, well now as she gets older, we have to start writing down so we don't lose those traditions. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Mills are very important for us at Cabin. Yeah, I think Mills, especially for the nonna, like as they get older, they're unable to do the things they used to do when they're younger. So holding on to those Mills gives them, you know, Tradition. a sense of purpose yeah. towards us and keeps them, you know, going. And I think that's like really important too, because in this generation, our generation doesn't pick up our non yeah, uh, uh, recipes and everything yeah, yeah. and learn how it's done, that it's going to be lost. And it'd mm-hmm. be a real shame to have that lost because yeah. it's just so special. Yeah. And I think in the age that we are in, with the internet and everything, everything can be preserved. Yeah. You know, all those 100%. all, all those recipes, you know, all the, all the lessons that we've learned from our nonni. But having it all for everyone to look at, we can not, not only, you know, remember and store our traditions but we can also share them as well yeah but sharing them on the internet doesn't really encapsulate the true meaning of what they made the recipes for because you know jamie said his nonna doesn't write the recipes down Uh, one of my nonnas doesn't write the recipes down do they really want the recipes to be known outside the family well here's the thing in my family especially like this book's only inside the family yeah we don't give it out not even the cousins we won't even got the fingerprint there they invented touch up invented it on this book but yeah it's like it's very special within the family i feel like each family has the same touch to like we all do the pasta we all do the lasagna but we've all got a little variations whether it's a and bit more basil yeah it's a bit more basil a bit more wine, less garlic more salt yeah more exactly cream, you know it's different for each family so what are some common meals in your family really you start us off with some common meals that you guys have oh mum makes a killer lasagna yeah you know what i mean i think um what dad loves to do and you know with my sister mm. with my mum you know, making homemade pasta, you know, yeah. getting the dough, running it through the Atlas machine, you know. <laughs> and I think making pasta yourself as opposed to buying it off the shelves, just, it's it's the way to do it. 100%. It's a way of expressing yourself and, like, showing that you care, I feel like. And it's a rewarding process, too. It's a rewarding process. Oh, it's a lot of bloody work. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm there. You turn the machine. Too fast. Slow down. <laughs> I mean, those too hard, it's somehow your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the fault of who made it, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, on the topic of pasta, you can't be a pasta for job. But that's, that's for job. Pasta for job. For non Italian speakers, that's pasta and beans. Yeah. <laughs> and for Calabrese speakers, that's pasta for salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That gives you some energy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Ja, Capolado war gesagt. Capolado für uh, Lasagne und Ravioli. You ever made ravioli? Yeah, not in the house. That's the worst to make it. Yeah. That's a long process. It is a long process. You know what's harder than making ravs? Making gnocchi. Oh! oh I love making gnocchi. Yeah, we make I was watching this documentary the other day. It's funny. We watched a documentary and watched yeah. oh, <laughs> a documentary about it. Like, <laughs> You know, I always start all these, all my sentences, like you can ask all, all my friends, I always start my sentences, even my, I tell my mum and dad, I say, like, I was watching a documentary the other day, <laughs> in reality, it's just a, it was just a YouTube video about something, oh, yeah. and they were in Italy, and were, I was watching how gnocchi's made, because I found it really interesting, and they have these boards with all the grooves in, it, in there, and they just roll them down. down. Right. And it's really interesting, and the other day, funny enough, which actually a couple of weeks after I watched this video, and we went to a cousin's house and she made gnocchi there. And she done it with, because you can do it with ricotta, you can do it with yeah. um, potato. She yeah. did it with potato and we had it. She made enough for all the family. Potatoes are made with video. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. It was so tasty. With ricotta, you said? Yeah, I've never had it with ricotta, yeah. but. Yeah. That'd be like quite funny. Fun fact, that's what I had for breakfast. I had a plate of ricotta this morning <laughs> with a bit of salt and pepper. <laughs> then I had a coffee straight after. You're getting your Don't worry. My bones are strong. <laughs> i got a fun fact for you boys. Yeah. According to pizzarecipe.org, over 30 billion pizzas are eaten worldwide each year. That's insane. Ooh. That's all for my house. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I ate billion. Shit, what's that yeah. saying about me? <laughs> Well, I compare that to McDonald's, their most popular burger, Big Mac, only 560 million or so. Get out! Worldwide. So 30 billion compared to 560 Well, you know, a pizza's a whole meal, and Mac is going to buy three things for a meal, what I'm trying to say. That's right. <laughs> At least you can buy you can feed yourself with a pizza. <laughs> well, we've talked about the savoury common Italian meals, but we haven't really touched on the dessert yet, and I think that there's a lot of Italian desserts. You've got the Dibmasu. Oh, this the Dibmasu! Yeah, speaking of Dibmasu, I was listening to a podcast the other day about Christmas, right? <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, that was really good, I was listening yeah, to Yeah, I don't know, I know who the guy's running it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what my mum does every Christmas, right, is, you know with the Dibmasu, you got to, you know, soak the biscuits in the yeah, coffee. Yeah. She gets the Pandoro, which is Panatone, without the, uh, you know, Sultanas yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Dips that instead and uses that oh, as the layers. And I kid you not, it's the most beautiful Christmas dessert yeah, you can ever get. Oh, Give it a shot. After we got home, we're going to get some pandora. Yeah. Oh. And speaking of pandora, yeah. pandora, right? How many times and how many houses does one box go around? Oh, <laughs> hey, I gave you one last year with an X. I got that one back this year. <laughs> <laughs> and not from me. <laughs> Mine looks like a, I've got one the other day, I looked under, underneath, had signatures, had crosses, and <laughs> everything, every month you could think of. Really? Mine got the best before day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know the story of Panettone? No, no. How it came about? So Panettone, Panettone makes bread, and Tony's Tony. So Tony's bread. <laughs> so the story goes, back in Italy, in a town, there's a baker, and he really liked this girl, and he wanted to marry her, but the dad said, Oh, you're not a very good baker, your bakery's doing bad, you're not going to marry my daughter. So Tony went home sad and goes, what can I do to change my situation around? So he made some dough, but then accidentally he put sultanas in it, and then he made the first panettone. And he's like, oh, I can't just throw this away, I have to sell it for some money, you know? So he sells it, and it becomes an instant hit. And everybody's wanting, everybody's wanting Tony's bread with sultanas in it, so then he gets richer and richer, and his bake becomes very successful. And then he goes back to the dad and he says, I want to marry your daughter. And the dad says, yes, you can. 
So yeah, all the things. Good job, Tony. It's Italian last. Yeah. So if you put your mind to anything, guys, you can achieve it. Do you reckon they were actually grapes and he left them out too long that they became sultanas, or what do you reckon? I reckon. Shout out to Tony for inventing sultanas. Tony really did. Before Tony invented sultanas, did you hold grapes? So yeah, going back to the sweets, tiramisu, cannoli. What about biscuits? The biscotti. I was going to funny story. For my birthday last year, um, Jamie was there, I made a, um, a cake, an apple cake. It was my nonno's cake. And he gave me the recipe. And he, you know, Stereke is the liqueur? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, um, <laughs> he gave me the recipes, Granny Smith apples, flour. Yeah, this is Strega, and this is one cap of Strega, like the cap of the bottle. Oh no! But I didn't read it as cap, I read it as cup. When I was writing it, I don't know if you were going to tell you, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you I'm reading it, and I was like, oh, one cup, and I didn't really think about it. So I got the Strega quite a lot, I haven't barely got a cup here. Get my big cup, 250 mils, and I was like, I did that's not enough, so I put a little bit <laughs> And then I made this cake, and it's not my birthday. And we, we cut it open, beautiful, had a nice colour, the yellow colour is today. Take a bite into it. Oh my god, I was flying over my mouth. I was flying over the lid like 10 times. Oh. It, was, it tastes so beautiful. I even bread, I reckon that's what I made it too. Beautiful. It was edible. I don't know, I don't think you can remember after that. <laughs> After the rest of the night was a blur for some reason, but it was a good night, I think. Have you boys had sweaty then? Well, uh, I haven't had sweaty there, it's a dairy allergy, but I don't know why, yeah. Oh, that, that might What about Crosterly? Oh! oh, 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 oh That's the best. I had some last night. Oh, they, they're my week to start off. You know, my sister brought them to school. They had um, like a multicultural day back in primary school. Right, and uh, so she brought Nonna along, and you know, she helped <laughs> make them. Uh, and they put them on the table. Right, they went and said hello to their friends, their teacher. They come back, they're all gone. <laughs> all they see is you know the icing sugar just on the plate. Yeah, like, oh, like, 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 all the doors, handles, and everything. Yeah. All the stuff on them. Hey, go to the kid. Hey, where's the crosses go? The silver white powder. What have you been doing? Oh, what about a stock for bakala? What's that? Bakala. Oh, bakala. Oh, yes. At Christmas time, do you guys have bakala? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you put it in the salt water for three days and you take it out, it's double salty. Yeah. Yeah. They smoke that fish, you know, and they're going to try to give it cancer or what? <laughs> the other day for uh, Christmas at my nonna's house, we were there for Christmas Eve and um, we, there was these fish, and I love fish, and I love sardines, really salty. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I saw these fish and they've been battered and in flour and they've been cooked. And I said to my mum, what's that? It says Bianca Mangiardi. I said, oh, okay. So it's got white paint. Yeah. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Just the little ones that would have been maybe five centimeters. Eating my fish and chips. You yeah, oh, I was one after the other, one after the other. It was beautiful. How big is that? Five centimeters. Gee, yeah, that's tiny. You know what else is big? <laughs> that size. James nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on the topic of fish, now, boys, do you like um, Zeppeli with anchovies? No, uh, yes, I, I do, right? I do. Now, oh, well, I mean, I ever since a kid, I was a kid, you know, the senora. Senora, your wife? <laughs> 
You ever noticed that some zippers are different? Now, I'm not talking yes. about savoury and sweet ones. Shakes I'm talking about shape. No, not just the Where shape, the actual texture, yes. right? Yes. So my one on on my dad's side. Once you make some, that is big, thick, doughy, you know, it's like eating bread. Yeah. But on my mum's side, they're light and flowery, it, it, yeah. there's no weight to them. I don't know about you guys, but I, I go to a lot of Italian festas, mm. and yeah, I, play I, as well. yeah. I see I play at Italian festas. He runs the festas. <laughs> <laughs> they to me, but, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm having, I always taste the zippoli there, and I have a little yappy pippa there too. Translation for the goat with a pig liver. Mm, well, well, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nothing goes I've noticed that zippoli, they're like little variations each one. Some of them, like you said, some of them are doyer, some of them are softer, some of them are harder. They all taste a little bit different. And I've had... Is one about zippoli still? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add it up with the fest, And I know just the taste is a little bit different. And then we'll add a Calabrese fest not too long ago, San Ferrari. Hmm. And uh, I just loved them. They were, they were so nice. And, uh, they do zippoli making. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Live there. Did you oh, make some? No, I didn't. Oh, I ate them. You already know how to make them. You there. Pass on the tradition. Speaking of antipasto, do you have gabagoo in your antipasto? Yeah, 100%. You've got to have your Yeah, we make gabagoo. You know, winter's the worst time for my car because I've got to leave it out in the garage because all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you guys think, what do you guys think about pickle too? Like the pickled balanjani and oh, pickled capsicum. The green tomatoes. Oh, I oh. oh. the other day I was there and um, he, he came out with this jar and I said, oh, What's that? Because I know he normally makes the pickled tomatoes, the green tomatoes, and the pickled balanjani. But he came out and he brings these mushrooms. I see, and he said, it's my first time I thought I'd give them a go because they've got these really cheap mushrooms, beautiful. And where did you get them from? Cedar Supreme. Excellent. Cedar Supreme, cheap Dominic. And he made these pickled mushrooms and they were beautiful, just a bit of vinegar. And I just thought it was really interesting and I really enjoyed it. They're gone, but they were really good. <laughs> They're gone. Yeah. Uh, moving on from a beautiful gorgeous oh, food. Oh, no, we're talking about food. I've got to eat food all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, you know, Vinny and I were talking about this episode, we're like, one thing we have to cover that's an insult is where restaurants try too hard oh, and go wrong. I mean, you know, pasta score, for example. Oh, it's yeah. a massive hit and a miss. Sometimes it's too acidic. Sometimes there's enough basil. Sometimes they don't cook without any meat. And when you don't cook the sauce without the meat, it's no flavour. That's right. Exactly. So, that's right. And even put leaves in there. But I feel like it's more than that now. Leaves. What leaves? And Bailey, who's he? Who's she must? Anyway, I feel like there's two aspects that the restaurants these days are going too overboard with and they're going wrong. I feel like it's in food and in their hospitality. I feel like, like, mm, like Frankie point. just mes- uh, mentioned before, there's too much sauce, the sauce is too acidic, there's too much salt, there's not enough salt. And I love salt. 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 I love salt.
go wrong with the hospitality side. You've got too much going on. I don't know about you, but there's too much going on in a restaurant. Like you've got music playing, oh. live music, you've got music in the speakers, you got you can hear the cooks arguing. Yeah. You but can it's not that friendly anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't care. It's like what's your pay me? You know, they don't care yeah. about the experience. It's all about the money now. And I feel like the love that we've been brought up with in our culture and our in our food yeah. is starting to get lost because people are getting too money hungry. Yeah. And it's a real shame because the Italian culture and the Italian yeah. food is just so beautiful. And it's cutting corners, you know. Oh yeah. To save costs, there taking out important ingredients to make it cheap. It's yeah. With, with the Italians, it's just yeah. I don't know what the, the words to describe it. It makes us all very upset. I reckon the best Italian food you're ever going to get isn't at a restaurant. No, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 at the festas. It's at the food trucks. It's where people are actually cooking street food the way it's meant to exactly. be, not putting a million dollar plate in front of your face that you can get, you know. Well, I think it's funny you say that because my friend, I was actually thinking about the same thing the other day, even before I knew all these questions for the podcast, I was thinking about this the other day because my friend... You're doing everything every other day. <laughs> 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 that was even much more people. I was thinking about this the other day. My um, a friend of mine at school, parents started up an Italian restaurant. I was thinking about it, like the the food that you cook at home is very special because you don't cut, you don't think about making a profit and any of that. You think about just cooking for your family and expressing your love for your family. But as soon as that um, you're trying to be an entrepreneur about it and you try to make money out of something, you've got to try and look at where you can cut costs or where you can make a profit. And so all that love is starting to come back and it's, you're focusing more on making money. And people are putting passion over profit. That's now, right. Here's a business idea for any young entrepreneurs out there. Invent an escape room, right? But instead of trying to leave the room, you actually learn to cook with like a nonna there and you've got a time limit to make a dish. Like you've got an hour to prepare something, That's right? That's yeah. That'd be, I can see it right, Paddy. We've got calls coming right now. I want to, I want to <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea. Let's, why don't you think of this earlier? Let's start. And you you are paying me. You're paying me. Okay, boys, can we talk about the crime of putting pineapple on pizza? Oh! Oh! oh, 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 oh no, 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 no. This is spark conversation. No, do you know what's worse? In America, in Stoughton, Wisconsin, USA, Wisconsin, they have a 10 inch <laughs> pizza, 10 inch pizza, and this is what they put on. Guess what they put on? Guys, just guess, yes. I'll tell you, but guess, you guys guess. I feel like it's a bit disgraceful. Barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, worse. Don't tell me there's. There's other tomato sauce like for the No, worse, worse. What are you going to be? It'd be funny if they put some like fairy bread on it. <laughs> they put 50 Skittles on a cinnamon based pizza. You're going to be skidding me. <laughs> and the Skittles melt on top and people pay for it. Yeah, this is where places go wrong. This that's not Italian. That's not pizza! That's not like toilet paper, man. That's right. You know what was the worst? We went to Hawaii. And you know, pizza bases are a hard bit to do. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, this is a pizza base on a different level. We went to this restaurant at the bottom of our hotel and we go to the pizza. We want some pizza. You know, we get the pizza in the box. We bring it up, we open it up. The pizza base is stale hard pita bread. Are you joking? Cr- no, this is not bullshit. This is true. It's stale hard pita bread. It's not actual sauce. What that? Tomato slices. 
They didn't have real sauce. They didn't even have ketchup. It's a special it's event. Strange. It's more sauce than tomato. I, I was offended. I was offended. And we were above them. We're like, it's off the balcony, you know? They can have it. Shout out to Frankie's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me do a funny story about Hawaiian pizza. This is how non Italian gets. It was made by Greek, right? In <laughs> Canada. And it's pop in Canada, by the way. And it's popular here in Australia. That's how, that's how far out it goes. <laughs> well, I got another funny story too. The other day, the other day, the other day, we've got Monday, we've got yeah. Tuesday. We're out of breath, that's the week. I was at work and I thought um, this guy at work, this old guy, he's not old, he's 40, 35. Oh, very young. Yeah. Very young. He's, he's, he's got a lot of not He's not so good. His name is Jolly, and we always talk about like what we're talking about now the Italian culture and how fortunate we are, and that a lot of people are unfortunate because they, they're not brought up like us. And some of the things that we do, they probably look at us and they think, what, what, what are they doing? But we were talking about this the other day, and our uh, manager is Australian, he's a great guy. His name's Brad. And shout out to Muscle. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Brad, great guy. Give me a discount, and please. The other day, Joey walked in on him. Give me a discount. 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 Give me and oh, okay. <laughs> and Joey, just Joey got really, really offended. He was telling me the story, and when he was telling me, you could see that he was really offended too. Emotions And over the lasagna. Over the lasagna. Why? And because he. Like, so I know why. And it's unfortunate. Well, we felt like we feel sympathy for these people. <laughs> and um, we were talking, and he was telling me he was getting angry about it. So he said, You know what I did, Muscle? I said, No, what did you do, Joey? And he goes, I took that from him. And I'll I told him wait till tomorrow and I'm gonna and so he went home that night and he made lasagna from scratch, a whole tray of lasagna and with the sauce, his mum sauce and everything. Beautiful. He went to work the next day and gave it to this uh, to my manager. Oh, Brad didn't eat the rest of it. <laughs> 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 tomorrow. tomorrow <laughs> but if Brad put him sick the next day, he wouldn't be in for a week. Oh man. And so Joey comes in the next day with this tray of lasagna and he he sat down and he goes, Muscle, I want you to talk to Brad before he eats this and tell him that this is going to be a life altering uh, process. He's going to have a midlife crisis. What have I been eating all my life? And, well, I spoke to him after and said, How was it? And he said, Muscle, no joke, that changed my life. He said, <laughs> He said, that, like, He actually said to us, It's like you can actually feel and taste the love and that's gone into that sauce. You know what I mean? So, Mr. Muscle, over it. <laughs> the other day, that, but that's um, the beauty of culture, isn't it? You know, sharing it. And we talked about this the other day. It doesn't matter if you know the person or not. Like before you know them, if you're, I feel like, like if I know someone's talent, like you've got that instant yeah, connection. Yeah, you've got some blood in you. Well, well, yeah, we've all got something in common. We've got, like you said, we've got that blood in us, and we're all connected. We're all, all got that sense of community. Exactly, because yeah. you got to think about it. When our grandparents came here on the boat, right? All they brought with them what? An empty suitcase, tomato seeds, exactly. and their recipes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the battle of the kids. The fennel seeds as well. Don't forget. Oh. My mum always told me there was no fennel when she was a kid. I've got a story after, but 
Is that from the other day? Yeah. The other day, I made mussel sauce and Jamie actually had something beautiful. Yeah, Bill? I got a mussel myself. Mars, I'm picking you up. We have to be somewhere on the fire. I'll be there in 10 minutes. I rock up. Mars, let's go. Wait, you're going to come inside. Touch the cup. Come inside and there's a plate of pasta. I'm like, I've eaten already. Don't worry about it. You're going to go to your house more often. I'll tell you what I did. So, I chopped up some onion, really nice, minced it up. And then I put it in a frying pan, quickly fried it so it goes all, all brown. And then I got some of my normal sausage, mm, and I cubed that up. And then I um, so that's all cubed, all cubed up. I put that in there too. And I didn't put any oil. I just used the natural oil that's in food. And then I put some minced garlic in there too. And then I fried all that. Then I put some binoculars and fennel seeds Beautiful. in there. And then I like, just put some sauce, and then I've learned because I always pick up little things, and I got the not oil from like normal oil, I got the oil from the anchovies. So I opened the jar of anchovies, and I put ah. that in, and I put some chili oil. You lost me there, mate. Oh, I love my anchovies. And then, <laughs> and then, and then like, I stirred it up and cooked them. It's actually really nice. I put some of the leaves. Yeah, you got some of me, Marsh. You got some of me. I can love them, I think. Yeah, because I didn't play actual anchovies, just on oil. Jay, what are you trying to say before? Sorry. Oh, well, we're not on the topic of lasagna and sharing. This was the other day, actually. Oh, the other day! <laughs> um, you know what beats lasagna? What beats lasagna? lasagna? Is when you leave Mama's house on Christmas Day and she gives you a tray to she eat the next day. Tray? Oh, she brings me more Tupperware than, <laughs> than you can find in the stores, man. That's the best. Uh, but going back to like a fault, you know. It's the joy of sharing with them. I mean, our grandparents, they came here with nothing. And that's, yeah, the, that's, that's the, the honest truth. And they worked their asses off to give us the life we have today. They didn't complain to the government or anything. They got their head down, they got the shit done, and they moved forward. And that's the attitude we all need. No getting angry, get your head down and move forward. That's the attitude we have. And look at what it got them, you know? They have grand families, they, they have their own property. They know. have their concrete they, in the backyard. Yeah. They, they, they water every day. Like, they like, 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 and that's where the simplicity of Italian food comes from. It's born out of necessity. Exactly. So whatever you have in the backyard in the garden, that's what you're going to do. And nothing goes to waste. I've noticed this like watching my mother and mom doing the pig. Yeah, exactly. I've noticed they use everything, but they only use what they need. They don't take more than what they need. They're, they're not greedy, you know what I mean? Like, and we share a lot too. So we won't take. So if, say if we only there's five of us coming for dinner, we're not going to go take twenty pieces of bread home. We're yeah. going to take seven or eight, so everyone can have a slice exactly. and extra yeah. go around. Because they'd be selfish to take all of it to have it. Outside. And they're always willing to sacrifice to you. Oh, even at yeah. even at this age where we're you know all close to being adults, or adults. So if there's one piece of bread, they're not going to have it. They're no. going to give it to no. you. No. And speaking of bread, what's isn't it the best mopping up the plate of sauce? Oh, <laughs> oh, hey, I mopped it up so well, I put it back in the cupboard. <laughs> but put the, put the bucket and the mop away. We're mopping up the bread. Oh. You, you're doing the floor meeting. You get the bread from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's wet ass panini. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day with my nonno and, and my nonno and his brothers because yeah. he's got lots of brothers. Yeah, yeah, the other day. Was this a Monday? Yeah. Thursday. Okay. Uh, and we were, we were sitting there and we had the pasta in the plate. And I was teaching my brother and sister, like, because they had all the sauce in their plate, and that's the best part. That's like dessert but for the main course. 
Now, what's the best part of the bread? What's the best part of the loaf of bread? Not the crust, the end bit. No, 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 the middle part, the crust of the outside. No, it's the hard end of the bread. There's no forms in the bread as well. It can't be like a flat white bit by the shop. You know, I'll go into the fridge, right? Get the jar, get the cup of butter just to spread it on. Open it up. So you're saying the Greeks invented bread? No, the Italians did, but the Greeks helped us, you know? (laughs) The Greeks started the process, we just protected it. Yeah, so the Roman emperors were under no illusion of how important the bread was to the people. And they often remarked the best way to keep people entertained was to give them bread and circuses. So the Colosseum and bread. And bread after that, bread became an integral part of Italian diet. In fact, it's become an essential part of Italian life, it's eaten almost every meal. Whether it's bread from a pasta or it's or Now the bread in the in Italy is predominantly white. And this goes back to the Roman times when the white flour was reserved for the wealthiest citizens. And the darker grain was sold to the poor citizens with dried chestnut flour, which made it fun and dark colour bread. And furthermore, you know, it's also a symbol of life. You know, the grain became a mark of fertility and the loaves were produced with therefore seen as sacred and the sign of a new life. And that's how bread became such a large part of our time. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Bread, bread yeah. is my diet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it goes it harks back all the way back to the Roman days. You know, our great great ancestors. 
has been carried out generation, through wars, famine, anything. Bread's always been a constant in Italian's life. Well, I was actually looking about this after and I was looking up why why is Italian food so good? when was this? The other day? This was Friday, <laughs> this morning. Oh! <laughs> and there's this thing called umani, which is one of the five basic tastes. Umani? Umaniu! <laughs> and it's in some of the most exotic and beautiful cuisine. So it's in the Vietnamese food, Thai food, Italian food, French food, Spanish food. And what it is, it's this distinctive taste, which is in, so for example, it's in tomatoes, it's in stir fryers, it's in miso soups and soy sauce. And it's this really distinctive flavor. It almost tastes like salt, but it's different. And it's what actually makes the, those cuisines and those foods so tasty. So there is actually a bit of scientific evidence backing why Italian food and all these cuisines foods are so tasty. Yeah. Look at that. Good. So there's science behind the Oriental and the continent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Third record, James. You convinced? Sort of. Sort of. I don't think you need science to tell you when yeah. you have to pass is good. You have to pass is good. You see, no, you must not put anchovy in the sauce. But what else makes pasta so good or any Italian food is not actually the food itself. It's, you know, being force fed by a <laughs> yeah. I'm full of you from the kitchen. It's not here comes the airplane, it's no, no. eat or here comes the wooden spoon. Let me take my shoes off. <laughs> While as a kid, is the $20 incentive to finish your Oh, yeah. $20 incentive? I think I'm paid. I'm still waiting. I reckon I've got $20 waiting for me. I get the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, another big part of the Italian diet is the meal. The wine. Oh, yes. yeah, you know, Vinny said he's got the barrels at the back. Mm-hmm. They're not the barrel of the body, the barrel of the wine. <laughs> yeah. It's the digital part of Australia. <laughs> so Italian wine has been produced for over 4,000 years and is considered the perfect, Italy is considered the perfect environment for growing wine, largely due to the climate. When the Greeks first stepped foot in southern Italy, they said, this is the perfect place to grow wine. Now, Italy produces the most amount of wine in the world. As of this year, state 39,300 hectolitres of wine have been produced by every country. We don't recommend drinking that all at once by every country. <laughs> Italy, we don't recommend you eating that much, but to put it in perspective, an African elephant's heart circulates 4.5 hectolitres. So Italy produces enough wine for 8,733 elephants to circulate. Jeez, I don't get rid of the elephants. A fifth of the elephants are alive today, according to some sources. So you can marinate the elephant before you kill it. Oh! You put the line in before you kill it. So Italy ranks second in the world, behind France, I think France, for personal wine consumption, with each Italian consuming 51.48 litres of wine a year. Now, compared to Australia, how many litres of wine a year do you reckon Australians consume? Oh, no. How much do you reckon? 20. Close, close. 25. Lower. 24. Lower. Lower. 22. Lower than 20. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 10. Lower? 10. Higher. 13. A little bit higher. Oh, 16. 16. Pretty close. 13.7 oh, wow. So, putting that in perspective, Italians drink almost a litre of wine a day. Because it's 51.48 litres a year. A litre, almost a litre of wine a week, not a day. 
Oh, a week. <laughs> That's a crazy amount of say a day. <laughs> <laughs> How many flippy flagons are falling around? Frank, I reckon that you've had a, a, a day one today. Oh, hey, right. that funny cakey, mate? <laughs> oh. Alright, uh, moving on to the next section. Vinny, you want to introduce it? I think it's time for another episode of Vinny's Vinyls. And what song will be uh, the subject of Vinny's Vinyls? You know, today? we're going to put our vinyls away because we actually have live music in this episode. Master my music, Napoli, right? Um, yeah, and it's it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. The South is the best. Uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but I mean, that comes off of like the you know typical tarantella of that region, yeah. you know, uh, especially with the piano accordion played by our, our wonderful Massimo, right? So the song, what's, what's it well, about? The, song, the, the, the voice of the song it portrays like a mother. You know, daughter relationship, you know, the coming of age uh, exchange. Um, it's consisting of, you know, various comedic uh, themes and, you know, a couple of, you know, sexual innuendos. Kids, cover your ears. Uh, yes. You know, if, if you hear this song at any wedding or, you know. It's good for the wedding. Yeah, it's sounds amazing. But yeah, the most famous versions, you know, you mentioned Mont- Louis Montes. Um, even Dean Martin does a couple. Dean Martin? Dean yeah. Martin did one. Louis Prima. 1951 Dean Martin, yeah. But yeah, and it, like you said, it's, it's sung, sung in The Godfather. But um, like I said, it's a bit inappropriate. Uh, if you want to translate <laughs> a couple of the lyrics. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, nice English, so. Uh, so it's a little bit inappropriate. So uh, you've got kids, you might want to skip the next 30 seconds. So, you know, the lyrics say, If I give you the farmer, he will come and he will go. But he'll always hold his plough in his hands. If he likes the idea, he'll plow you over my daughter. Oh. No, it's actually quite appropriate that you ban in the British broadcast, broadcast actually ban Monty's version. Really? For being too cheeky. Oh, cheeky. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, on top of the music, what's the story, Mus? Well, with this, uh, well, it all started. Slinky, yeah, slinky, <laughs> we it. it all started back when I was 
about probably five years old. So that really the yeah, 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 last week, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last week I was uh, sitting at home five years old, and um, my dad, because he used to play in a lot of bands, and he played with my uncle, I reckon. Did he? I reckon, yeah. That's good chance. Yeah. And yeah, he played in a lot of bands, and my, both my moms played with, in a lot of bands. I don't know if you know Vince Bodong or the, the Carpo, I think, and the singer. He, yeah, yeah, some yeah. Guy. And my 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 mom, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. My little smile away. My little was um was uh was in his band and my other little played piano accordion, funny enough. And I um I've always played piano from a little kid. So I've got one half of the piano accordion done. So I knew that half. And uh, I also have a little bit of guitar, basics of bass, really basics of drums and Yes, yeah, so I, I can do a couple of instruments, but... How many at once? Oh, yeah, you could have a bit of busting around the wall. But, um, you play the harmonica? Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm that's like an interesting I've got my home, funny enough. Better learn it, right? Yeah, I will. <laughs> Next time, I will. But, um, yeah, so I was talking to my little because he always had, in uh, his spare room, he had two or three piano accordions. This is the one, this is the normal that used to play in all the yeah. uh, bands with uh, uh, Chris Amarico, which is the piano accordion. Mm-hmm. Is your dad's My dad's father? Yeah, Mario. My son. Oh, Mario. I get Mario. Yeah, it's Mario. He's quite basically. He is. He is actually. And um, so I've always seen these piano accordions growing up in the pop shop, but it's always like a hierarchy. It's like, it's always above this piano accordion, and I felt a bit upset, so I was like, no, what? I'm not even going to put it at the top shelf. That falls, but not our Oh, yeah, that's it. Hey, insurance Oh, no, keep going. That's money. Where's the money? It's like a thousand. Oh, it was worth more than that. It's priceless. That's fine. And, um, yeah, so I've always seen these kind of coordinates, and about a couple of years ago, I got really interested. I said, no, no, can you get it down from here? I'm going to read you. And he goes, yeah. He gave it to me, and he says, I'll show you how it works. And he showed me the right hand, and he told me the basics of the left hand. And... Just, just from then I picked it up and I've never actually had lessons in piano accordion, so I taught really? myself. Self taught? Self taught, yeah, but. That's the best way. Uh, yeah, you can make your own mistakes, make your own. So it's really entrenched in your blood music. Yeah. You've got like, you three, four, five you know, generations of musicians. Isn't yeah. that amazing? It is amazing. It's self taught, guys. If you need a wedding uh, band or a wedding singer, buy some more music. And if you need an accountant, it's time you book an appointment with today's sponsor, Mike's Accounting. He'll do your books, catch the crooks so he knows how to cook. It's Mike's Accounting. Mike's Accounting. You can account on me. 0406-246-869. So back to our topic, Italian food. I just want to say that I'm offended when people say Italian food. Alright? It's, it's essentially cultural appropriation because, simply put, there is not one way of Italian-style cooking. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, as a matter of fact, the, the country of Italy itself, it's made up of 20 unique regions, right? And each have their own individual cultures, customs, histories, languages even. The best is Calabria, though. Of course. Is that right, Dave? But most importantly, <laughs> <laughs> most importantly they got all their you know, own styles of cooking. So... From the top of the boot to the tip of the toe, let's count down and compare some of the signature dishes you'll find all over the place in Italy. Um, so yeah, if, if we look at the top of the map, we'll start with the mountainous region of Lombardia, right? 
So what is that for our uh, non-Italian speaking viewers? So if you look on your map, it's just right underneath Switzerland, right? Its capital city is also the fashion capital of the nation, Milan. Oh, I thought it was Reggio. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Milan, I mean, their soccer must be good as well. They've got two teams in the city. Ah. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, and you know what? Surprisingly, being Italian, this signature dish isn't even pasta, right? You see, Lombardy's uh, geographical location, its lakes, its northern climate, makes it perfect conditions to grow rice. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, I mean, you could... Risotto. Risotto, oh. ah. right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Mate, you step into, you know, just off Milan, and it looks like you're in the rice fields in China. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I and you've been there as well, so you can speak I did. Yourself. So, yeah, back, back in 2014, I travelled with my family. We did a big tour from, you know, top of the boot to tip to toe. And on my tour, we travelled through the province. We've visited Milan. You might have seen me on the runway. Um, <laughs> oh, was that you? Yeah, you know, Gucci models. <laughs> I was going to say, when I came here today, I was like, no way, that's him. Can I have a No worries. <laughs> you can have the G-string you wore as well. <laughs> right? That's the pink one. <laughs> But yeah, so we're on the tour bus, we were crossing borders into Switzerland, right? And as soon as, you know, my mum stepped off the bus, all you could hear from her is, The hills are alive with the sound of music. You know, funny enough, we're right near George Clooney's house, right? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I heard him slam the windows down. <laughs> No, I think it was starstruck. <laughs> He's like, someone don't steal my talent. <laughs> you know, to the left of Lombardia lies the province of Piemonte. Like Lombardia, Piemonte borders Switzerland, but it also neighbours France as well. So did you sing there? Did your mum sing on the hills there? No, we, it was too cold to go there because it's so mountainous, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's freezing cold and a lot of... A lot of produce doesn't get grown that we typically associate with Italy. That's right? on the... It's on the left side. Left side, closer to France? Closer to oh, France. Yeah, left. Uh, their left. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, so pretty much all the food that we associate, you know, the fresh pomodori, the, yeah. the you know, tomatoes, the, the grapes, it, it, nothing grows because it's too cold. Yeah. The only animals that you kind of get up there are, you know, the, the mountainous cattle, you know, you, you, your cows and stuff. Oh, so <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of cheese, a lot of fresh cheese is made there, and a lot of preserved meats as well. So one of their one of their dishes, um, it's it's called banya calda, right? Which you know. What's that? The cold toilet. No, nah, calda. Oh, wow. So warm. It actually oh, means, oh, actually man. translates to warm dip. So it's like, is it banya toilet? Like banya? Nah, banya. Oh, that's the salsa dip of my mum's house when it's left in the pantry on a 40 degree day. <laughs> it's a warm dip. <laughs> they serve it warm. It's like a fondue, right? And you get about the air conditioning. No, no, air conditioning. So yeah, this is typically made with you know, uh, you know, cow's cheese, uh, almost melted down. It's, it's it's essentially a cheese fondue. Um, so they just put pretty much left cheese outside, melted, <laughs> and it became. I don't know where it's going to melt. It's freezing cold in the mountains. Oh, no. But wasn't it called warm? Yeah, warm dip. So they're going to heat it up by Maybe fire, by, by stove. Michael Arvin. Michael Arvin. Michael Arvin. That's Michael. So now, instead of bordering France, we'll go to the other side, where it's closer to Germany, Veneto, home of the world's largest floating city, Venice. No, Veneto's capital isn't actually floating, rather, it's constructed on top of a cluster of islands in the Venetian lagoon. When I was in Italy, we spent a few days in Venice and literally their roads were replaced by water. 
and their cars are replaced with boats. Exactly right. I mean, is it floating on water or what is it? How does Venice stand? How does it work? How does it work? You know, I'd be I'd be surprised, right, if some guy tipsy from the night before decides to open up the front door, step across the road, and falls in on the water. How many like drunk drownings do you reckon they'd have? Oh, with the one liter of one happy <laughs> <laughs> Many traditional dishes you'll find in Venice and wild Veneto are fish and seafood based, such as their signature risotto al nero di sepia, risotto cooked with cuttlefish ink. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not that's, sure. That's a different type of sauce. Yeah, oh, that's what I mean, I have like. squid, I'm not sure about yeah. Squid ink? Yeah. You, you know what I saw? You know what you know what else is in Veneto? The town Verona. You know, in um, Shakespeare's Romeo oh, and Juliet. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say 12 oh. Nah. You know, the thing is, Shakespeare actually never went to right. Italy at all. They See? Somewhere else, didn't they? They filmed it. They had cameras back then. He saw a documentary again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is he with DiCaprio? Yeah, that one. <laughs> but you know what? Even Shout though. Shout out to Shakespeare. Shout out to Shakespeare. But yeah, you know what's funny though? Because Shakespeare never actually went, it's it's bizarre how he actually got the story pretty accurate because but, there was two families in Verona yeah, at the time. I'm sure he would have done a bit of research. Yeah, and I guess at the time, Italy was at the height of the Renaissance and yeah, they were quite yeah. well known around the world. And those rich families, the, you know... Um, the Capulets, the Montagues. Yeah, like, um, I don't forget the Italian word for it, but they're equivalent to Dukes. You know, they kind of ruled the towns in their own sort of mafia families. And you know what they've got in Verona? They've got the statue of Juliet. That's right. right? The that? golden bronze statue. But how do they know what she looks like? Bolton Sarge. But you actually go up to it and it's good luck if you pr- if you place your right hand on her breast. That's oh, I'm shiny. serious. That's why it's so shiny. So me So me, eleven year old, twelve year old Vinny, fresh in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Dad couldn't get my hands away from her. <laughs> Checking the radio signal. <laughs> I think my hand melted into it. You can see <laughs> my fingerprints. Uh, That's similar to, you know, like uh, Fontana di Trevi. Yeah. You flick a coin? No. Nah. Uh, and just on that Renaissance era, I mean, we can't not talk about the region Toscana. Yeah. Tuscany, it's known for their artistic legacy, but also their landscapes, their history, and its influence on high Italian culture. Mm-hmm. It's capital Florence, it's home to one of the world's most recognisable Renaissance art and architecture pieces, you know, Michelangelo's David statue. And it's the birthplace of Leonardo da Vinci. Is it just me or does like every nun have a statue of David in her oh, house? Everybody. You know, in the, back in the 80s, 90s, the Bombinero <laughs> for the weddings with a big statue of David. <laughs> well, believe it or not, my nun had a shop. You know, and she used to sell Statue of David's, right? She hated them. She hated the city. She said, I never want one. When she closed the shop to retire, my uncle's the best man in the wedding, and he brings home oh, a Statue no. of David. After all those years of selling it, <laughs> never taking one home, he brought one home and sells it. And that statue's still there today. She made me done for him, so we don't sell all But yeah, let, let's get into the meat of bones about this region. And by that, I mean the Pasteca alla Fiorentina. Oh. This is going to be the thickest T-bone steak you'll ever feast your eyes on, right? Almost two inches thick. 
Yeah. Right? Not only the steak is that. You know, this, the, the history of this steak, you know, is as old as Florence, the city itself, right? And the tradition, celebrity, and its name go back to the San Lorenzo celebrations and to the Medici family. So on the 10th of August for San Lorenzo, Florence would become illuminated. 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 Yeah, so every 10th of August, the San Lorenzo, on the 10th of August, the San Lorenzo festival, um, you know, would light up the skies in Florence. And, you know, large amounts of calf meat would be roasted and shared among the locals, sponsored by, you know, the Medici family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the legend says that during one of these festivals, some English knights were in uh, and they, you know, they came through and they brought, you know, these steak and, you know, they cut it with their swords and they cut it that thick and they called it in English, you know, beef steaks, which is where we get beef steak. Oh, wow. Really? really? So it's like a crappy Italian translation of an English word. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> and, you know, when I was in Florence on my tour, uh, we had one of these and all you vegans listening to the podcast, you might want to skip a bit because after that steak, I just wanted to... I just wanted to find that calf's mother and thank her for raising such a delicious steer. That was a fun story, actually. From last week? <laughs> yes, it is. From Christmas Day. We were, we were at my uh, my cousin's house, my uncle's house, and we're having uh, lunch. And my mum said grace. And there was all this food in front of us. And my uncle, I was sitting next to my uncle, and he's a very passionate Italian, just like me. And he's sitting next to me. My mum just finished grace, and she was like thanking God and everything. And my, and my uncle goes, thank you, God, for um, all the fishermen out at sea this year that um, uh, that got all the sardines and everything and bring them back <laughs> to us. May you keep them safe and grant them safe passage so they can go back out and just until they can train someone new to bring us stuff. <laughs> well, I was sitting at the table. I just started laughing shout so much. Shout out to fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> right, everyone's getting yeah. shout outs. Now, we've been focusing a lot of the up north and regions. And must let's give a bit of knowledge down south. Okay, so let's go to Sicilia. Pretty much every Mediterranean country that ever had a navy has invaded Sicilia at some point in the past 3,000 years. True, true. Ancient Greeks and Romans left ruins across the island. Northern, um, Norman? No, nah. Norman, yeah, Norman. I just, Norman French. Norman French. Who's Norman? <laughs> Harvey Norman. Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Shout out to Shout out to Jamie for keeping up with the shout outs. Shout out to the gynecologist. Alright, back to topic. Norman, French, Arabs, Spanish, and other dishes around in or in Sicilia are usually with bucanti, hollow pasta tubes. Serve al dente, which is a little bit harder. That's actually personally how I like my pasta. You know how the other day I made Jamie's pasta? Yeah, yeah, Jamie's pasta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, had, it was al dente because I like al dente. But yeah. what happened? I think it was raw, not Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fine. Shout out to the raw pasta. <laughs> I the bowl was actually cold, so I think it uncooked it, if that's possible. Um, what brand of pasta? 
Sanremo. Sanremo. Shout out to Sanremo. Yeah. <laughs> I like vanilla pasta. Yeah, vanilla pasta is the best. Much yeah, better than the other brands. Anyway, served out of ten teeth with fresh sardines. This is my my type of food. Yeah. I like that. Are you sure you're not Chichilli? No. Yeah, no. you might be Chichilli. Don't worry, I'm not of Greece. I'm type of music. Also, raisins, pine nuts, and more importantly, wild fennel and saffron. Fennel. Yeah, yeah. Now, fennel is really interesting because that's such a versatile spice. I, my, I know my mum and my dad's mum. She puts in everything. It, she puts it in the sauce, the sausage, in the sausage, <laughs> yeah. in, in everything. You know, me and Finocchio is the best. Beautiful. I remember we went to um, Peter Rabbit at the cafe. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Peter Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a burger there. The first time I tried fennel with a beef bur- in a beef burger. Life changing. Oh, bloody I should tell Brad about this from my work. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful, man. Shout out to Brad. <laughs> I know you're doing it right after that lasagna. You know, the Finocchio is coming your way as well. Oh, you'll be right, son. We'll fix you up. Shout out to Jamie. <laughs> oh, nice. Hey, what were you saying, boss? <laughs> oh, dear. What was I saying? Fennel. 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 It's such a versatile spice. Like, and a versatile world. You know it what I mean? He can talk. He can tell someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell someone for Nokia. Right, Bakara, Matsu, Bakara. Matsu for Nokia. Hello, Manuel. Come on Anyway, uh, yeah, such a you can put in everything. Yeah, and, and you can get the seeds. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's really versatile. You put in everything. Tarali, sausages, sauce. Salads like the actual yep. itself in yeah. salads, you can do it with quite a lot of things, and it's just got such a strong and what's the word? Uh, universal, universal flavor. flavor if, if you know what I mean, is it unami? Oh, oh. Unami. <laughs> shout out to unami, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> shout out to Massimo's favorite part of Italy. Yeah, I think he said before me, Calabria. Must do want to talk to us about. Here's the thing: we could talk for hours about this region, and it's so true because there is so much to talk about. You can, it's not only the food, it's not only the culture, it's not only the music. It's everything together. It's the whole community that just Calabria is almost not a place. It's it's not even a word. It's, it's a way. Of, it's the way of life. We could talk about how it's the second best region. Oh, After who? Ah, uh, Campania. Oh, oh Campania. Uh, let's let's see this. I gotta be. Ah, uh, we saved the best one for last, though. Because I'd like to share a story that's been passed down from generation to generation down the Nepalatan bloodline. Not line. the birds and the bees. Not the birds and the bees. The this, my friends, is the alleged origin of the Italian dish everyone knows and loves: pizza. Oh. So uh, no, uh, the way the one served at Frankie's hotel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut them out, right? <laughs> nah, we ain't talking about no Hawaiian mumbo jumbo. We're talking about proper, basic margarita pizza. Yeah. So in the late 19th century, all the 20 regions of Italy they began that long, dreadful process of unifying and uniting as one country. Because before this, the regions that we talked about, north and the south. They're all under their own systems of governments, their own monarchies, or, you know, some of them were ruled by different countries, right? Pope as well, he had a, Pope he had a big well. chunk of land. And one, one of these, you know, regions that was ruled by someone, you know, completely different was Campania. So the Kingdom of Napoli, which is, you know, the capital yeah. city, 
it, it was run by the Spanish. And once the news broke out that the North and South were, you know, you know, having a civil war, trying to combine, you know, and make things right to be one country, Italy, um, they sent down a Queen Margarita of Spain, right, as a diplomat. Wait, wait, wait. They named the Queen Margarita. Her name was Margarita. Yeah. And we'll get we'll oh, get to that. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm actually going around today. What's your name? Margarita. Uh, yeah. I know someone called Margarita. Who? A pizza? <laughs> I don't know. I... He's a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I... She's probably the Queen of Spain from back then. <laughs> <laughs> She's young. She's young. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so she came down just to give her royal assent, her blessing on, you know, uh, Napoli becoming, you know, yeah. it's part of Italy. Um, but, you know, the Spanish monarch never visited Naples before. I'm sure this was Margarita's first time at the place. But the Naps welcomed her in with open arms, and then they showed her around the place. And soon, you know, after showing them, you know, the whole rich countryside, they stopped for lunch. And they uh, they stopped at this restaurant by, um, yeah, Tati, uh, run by, you know, Chef uh, Rafael Esposito, a local legend, if you will. Uh, like Desposito. <laughs> this guy was more like Gordon Ramsay. Oh, I'll, right. I'll tell you why. Because the many dishes he prepared for her, showcasing the finest foods from across the land, she wasn't satisfied with what he brought out. <laughs> I tell you what, he brought the fine small goods and preserved meats for antipasto. She wasn't pleased. He brought out un piatta pasta. She didn't like it. Ma this margarita was a fussy eater. He, she brought out fresh caught seafood. And she sent it back saying it's too old. Why? I don't know. She got fussy taste. Spoiled. And Raphael was, he, he found himself in a predicament because, you know, the more and more he was cooking, the less ingredients he had to make something for her yeah. and the rest of the kitchen, right? And the rest of the, the, rest of the customers yeah, there. Yeah. So in one last dash of hope, he found his ball of dough that, you know, was on the rise to becoming bread, right? He flattened it, rolled it out in this circular dish. He whipped up some fresh tomato sauce, spread it on top, grabbed some fresh mozzarella cheese, oh, shredded it, and layered it over the sauce. Picked some fresh basil, put it on top, chucked it in the wood oven, grabbed it out, cut it into equal slices and gave it to her. She took one look at this thing, this flaming hot circle. <laughs> Circle of fire. Circle of fire. She grabbed one piece. Shout out Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> grabbed one slice, put it in her mouth, and soon she grabbed another bite. Oh, right. And another. And another. Soon it was eaten. So what do you have to do? You have to make more. Not just for her, but all the restaurant goers. Everyone wanted this new flatbread, pretty much. Hey, you know, and soon enough, the queen herself loved it so much that Raphael decided to name it after her, the Margarita, which we now know as the famous Margarita Pizza. And as for the nation that struggled to find its identity, their true colours were found in this dish. The red sauce, the white mozzarella, and the green basil. Maybe the pizza inspired the flag, or maybe the flag inspired the pizza. Who knows? It's like asking what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> But one thing's for certain, you can never say no to Italian food. One last shout out for today, shout out to the Ninja Turtle, um, Raphael. <laughs> 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 the one I say Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ninja Turtle, yeah, good on you, mate. He's also a chef as well, I just, Ninja. Yeah. I just want to say, Vincenzo, the way that you deliver that, 
that last message just really empowering and that, I just like I've got goosebumps right now. Yeah. Pizza time. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Hey you guys wanna hear a joke? Yeah. Did you hear about the Italian man with dementia? No, no forget about it. Ah! Oh, what about that? What about that? What about that Italian chef that died? Right. It was only a matter of time. <laughs> he passed away. <laughs> Here today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> I can only remember him. Ah, oh, fuck that one up. I can only remember him. I can only. You know, one thing's for certain: he'll become a pizza history. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, you know what? In life, it's important to have a balanced diet. That's why I speak Italian and and English at the same time. Hey, no, no. It's important to have a balanced diet. That's what my dietician said to me. So I make sure to have 20 cannoli in one hand and 20 in the other hand. So it's it's important. You know what I mean? Balance is important in life. (laughs) All right. We'll end it there on that note how the margarita pizza came to be. Now, I'd like to thank you. Massimo and Jamie, we really appreciate you guys in this podcast. It's been great having you. We've had our, our laughs. We've cried. We've had it our way. We've become hungry. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fun again. But yeah, we, we're really grateful to have you guys on the podcast and we hope to see you again sometime. Well, we want to thank you too because, well, I know on the way here today, I was really, really excited. And yep. this has been such a great experience and opportunity. And I'd like to thank you guys for having us on and I would love to do it again and you guys really inspired us and yeah just thank you and we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out shout out to Frankie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and thanks again. Thanks once again boys. You've really made this episode truly great. And I think we've answered the question what makes Italian food so good? And that is sharing it with your friends. It's with your not family. What you eat. It's who you eat it with. Yeah. And on that note, join us next time on what the And now the end is near, so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I bleed in the life that's full. I travel each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I live my way. I did what I had to do, and so without exception, I planned each charted course, each step along the byway, but more. Much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times I 